It's the night before the NFL season for 2021. This is the Irish NFL Show's season preview presented by Trust Gaming, presented also by our friends over at the Roland Donut. Thank you very much for the donuts. Uh, we'll probably eat them later on, I presume. They're not here, but they're here. Folks, it is the night before the season, as we said. The Bucks play the Cowboys tomorrow night, but now we are gonna go through each team, each division, and more importantly, give our picks for who is gonna be lifting the Lombardi Trophy in Los Angeles in February, and I can't wait to hear some of these boys' picks. It's gonna be great crack. Uh, okay, we're gonna start off with the NFC West. Uh, Colm, do you wanna start us off? You're looking at the Niners. Yeah, they uh, talk about a storied franchise, but I want to begin this by taking you back to 2005. Denver Broncos had an absolutely unbelievable season, right? <laughs> they, yeah, I know, I had to start with the Broncos. And they gave Tom Brady his first ever playoff loss. Remember that one, Mark? Yeah. Then the Broncos were at home to the number six seeds, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was set, the Broncos were going to win this, right? And then it all fell apart. Jake Plummer, just it didn't work. It was an awful game. The Broncos never got going. Mike Shanahan lost faith in Jake Plummer at that point. And the Broncos went and drafted Jay Cutler. Now I want to take you to 2019. And the San Francisco 49ers are playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. There's, there's about two and a half minutes to go. 49ers have the ball. They are moving down the, the field. They have a chance to win this. They're four points down. What happens with Jimmy G? He messes it up completely. He, three failed attempts, famously overthrowing Emmanuel Sanders. And at that point, I am convinced Kyle Shanahan said, no, I'm, I am done here. But he didn't have enough time to, ass to assess the quarterbacks, I think, for that year's draft. So, but he decided, no, we're, we're done. So what did they do this year? They traded the farm. And you have to remember what they gave away to move up to get Trey Lance. Now, the big question for the 49ers is when does Trey Lance start? I'm with Sam Monson. Start him week one. Take the Band-Aid off. Just start him. The guy didn't, he's hardly played for two years. What, what is going to be gained by him sitting on the sidelines with a clipboard? Nothing. Get him in there early. Um, but that would be my view. I don't think they do that. I think what they do is Jimmy G starts for a couple of weeks, somebody goes down injured, and the 49ers get a whole load of picks back um, from a desperate team, and they get a haul. I, that's what I imagine they'll do. Last year, the Niners were beset by injuries, absolutely horrific injuries. Um, that won't be the case this year. Kittle is back, Nick Bosa is back, and Nick Bosa is vaccinated, which didn't look like it was going to be the case <laughs> earlier in the summer, but that's a, that's a big talking point. Um, New DC, youngest DC in the league, he's 35. He was playing linebacker in the league in 2015. Um, so he's, he's very young. I'm really interested to see what changes on the defensive side. Um, but look, they are a serious outfit. Whoever they play at quarterback during the regular season, they will be a threat given the options that they have, given Kyle Shanahan play calling. It'll be running back by committee with the fullback thrown in. With Trey Lance and his ability to run, nobody's going to know what angle they're coming from. Um, this 49ers team is serious. Um, they're in the toughest division, I think, in football, but I think they are going to be a serious threat to whoever they face um, over the, the course of the regular season. Can't wait to see when Trey Lance goes on the field for the first time. Take your bats. Uh, Brian, you're looking at the Rams. Can I make a quick point in the Niners first? Go for Two it. points. <laughs> 
you touched on Carl Shanahan's play calling. If he had to continue with the run game in the drive league prior to that one, they may not have been in that situation where they needed Jimmy G to be throwing the ball at the end. And great point by Michael Lombardi during the week. He said um, there's only one set of fans looking for Trey Lance to start, and that's the ones on Twitter because everybody within the organization knows he's not ready to be a quarterback just yet in the league. And and uh, Jimmy G actually gives them their best opportunity to win. So interesting but we'll see how it goes um, as opposed to the Patriots they know Jones is ready I don't think Lance is ready just yet um, the Rams another serious team this division is stacked you know Cardinals last year nearly made the playoffs four really good sides in this division but the storyline very early on even before last season ended was the trade of Matthew Stafford from the Lions gives them a legitimate quarterback I think the stage had come where McVay had ran out of patience with Goff but McVay has been play calling for the past three or four years and O'Connell the offensive quarter has had very little to do. The Chargers tried to take him this season, you know, in the offseason because they wanted him to make the new offensive coordinator. And McVeigh has agreed that he will really, you know, hand back the reins to him. So it'll be interesting to see how we go with Stafford. Um, for me, the offensive line is still a concern. Whitford is hitting nearly 40. They've bring him two players back from injury. They've lost the center to the Chiefs. He was a really good player for them. Deshaun Jackson has come in. He's kind of the take it off the top player in terms of downfield threat, but he's had a lot of injuries. But this defense is stacked. And even in that playoff game last year, which they lost to the Packers, for three quarters, they were still in the game. And that was with Aaron Donald struggling with an injury. They're a serious threat for me to go towards the Super Bowl. You, you asked the question, funny enough, very early on in the offseason, who do I see going towards the Super Bowl? Who's the serious team? And that was February, March. And before they'd even done all the offseason stuff, and it was the Rams for me. The running, the running back situation is a concern. They've just brought in Sonny Michel from the Patriots. They've lost um, Acres for the season. They've also lost Cal uh, Calais, who's actually really starting to look an efficient run back. So it's going to be a lot on Darrell Henderson's um, legs in terms of him being the effective uh, running back with Sony coming in. But for me, they're, they're going to be a serious threat. And I said this division is one of the most competitive in the league. And you could argue three teams will come out of the division for the playoffs. Yep. Sony Michel. Roberto Duran. He's got hands of stone, so don't expect Rams fans any kind of catches out the backfield from him. That's all I'll warn you. <laughs> yeah, but armed with Aaron, like Aaron Donald is the best player in his position in the league mm. by such a distance. He is a phenomenon. I love watching. I like one of the things I'm genuinely excited about is watching Aaron Donald play defense because he's a wrecking ball. And if he'd been yeah. fit against the Packers, I think they'd have won that game. And, and there's a caveat you put on that that I would say there's an argument Aaron Donald's the best player in the NFL, full stop. Not just at his position, yeah. just across Absolutely. the board. Absolutely. You're looking at, well, it's going to be a very interesting season for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. This is some division. What's going to happen? It is. I mean, Column said it. This is the most stacked division in the entire league. This is the best division. It's got the most, probably, talent across the board. You can make a viable argument for every one of these four teams to win the division and to make a splash in the playoffs and potentially go all the way to raise the Lombardi Trophy. The Cardinals are an interesting case. You mentioned about Kyler. Kime and Kingsbury, the GM and the coach, are also the, kid, the two Ks here that are very important because the two of them are on the hot seat. Let's not make no bones about it. This is the third year of Kingsbury's air raid offense. And last year, unfortunately, the air raid got grounded a few more times. Don't forget, the Cards could have made the playoffs. They lost five of the last seven games last season. I mean, they, they really blew their opportunity there in many respects. And what they've tried to do is make a splash in various ways. Um, J.J. Watt famously said, I only want to go to a contender and he deemed that the Cardinals with the 18 or 20 million, I'm trying to remember what it is they're paying him, 
are a sufficient contender for his perspective. Um, if JJ is even 75% of the player he previously was, that's going to be fantastic for that card to pass rush opposite uh, Chandler Jones, the key bookend. They drafted Zayvon Collins in the first round, so that's going to help shore up that uh, offense. Uh, sorry, defense even further. And on offense, you know, Kyler is a dynamic playmaker. They've brought in AJ Green to see what's maybe left in his mileage tank as well. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the smaller moves I actually like as well. They lost two games last season because of special teams mess-ups, because of field goal mess-ups. So what have they done? They've brought in Matt Prater on a two-year deal. It isn't sexy. It isn't the biggest splash in free agency, but he's one of the sure-footed kickers in the league. And so hopefully they don't get cursed like other teams. San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers, where are you? And they cause that <laughs> special teams aberration to be a one-year blip. They have problems, though. Malcolm Butler, out of nowhere, has announced his retirement. He's been put on the retired uh, list due to personal reasons. They were banking on him shoring up that cornerback position uh, because of um, uh, Patrick Peterson's departure. So, you know, th th this is not a perfect team. They're going to be relying so much on output from a couple of key players and a couple of key stars along the way. But again, just thinking about some of the other moves, Rodney Hudson coming in, shoring him up for three years uh, and a 30 million deal. Probably, for me, the second best center in the league. James Conner picking him up from the Steelers to hopefully release some of that pressure in a really solid run game. If they work and it clicks, it can be magic. Uh, for me, they've probably got too much to do in this division. But last season, I wanted them to get it and they blew it. If they don't get to the playoffs this season, Cliff could be gone, Kime could be gone. And it could be new reign order for Kyla for the next season. Yeah, I remember actually sitting in Belfast talking and seeing the JJ Watt news and it blew my mind. That was like, what, March as well? Have you something to say on the Cardinals before we move on? Yeah, just two two quick points. JJ could have got more money elsewhere, right? He stayed. I think the weather played a, a part in that as you get older. Uh, I think it's very similar to Steve Nash and the Phoenix Suns. And <laughs> the other thing that we've talked about the Cardinals, there's one name that we haven't mentioned and it's a big miss and they're going to miss him. That's Larry Fitz. Yeah, what, absolutely. What, where, do, is Larry going to play this year? He still hasn't officially announced his retirement. Some rumors that he might take a one-year deal to go back to Minnesota. Willie, I don't know. But Larry Fitz has been such an institution in this league for so long. To not have him um, available, to not have him on the sideline, to not have him mentoring those young, uh, young teammates, I think that's a big loss for the Cards. Just uh, yeah, so when I looked at the signs that were coming in, I felt that uh, eight and eight last year missed out in the playoffs in week seventeen, and they looked at it from a point of view of experienced players coming in to help the young team, not necessarily on the field but off the field in terms of the locker room. Experienced players, JJ Watt, Butler, as it happens there was gone, yeah. and AJ Green. But the type of players that they'd say, you know what, we're not that far off. We just need some players that know how to do it in this league, have been around the, around for a couple of years, and would help guys within the locker room more so than actually on the field. But it's a very difficult. Division, as we've said. Yeah. It is, it is. And actually, so we touched a little bit on the other teams. I should have also mentioned, we're talking about, when we talk about stars in this division, we should also talk about the coaching staffs because actually the O coordinators and D coordinators in many of these teams are some of the best in the business. Vance Joseph, obviously, has really revolutionized yeah. the cards there. And we all know his talents, guys, don't we? <laughs> so he is an excellent D coordinator for all these other sins. But there may be also be a little bit of dysfunction there. Chandler Jones made a trade request or allegedly multiple trade requests during the offseason as well. So you never know until players take the field as to how it's all going to sync together. But 
Interesting times abound, Michael. Well, going on what you said about the Cardinals, the next team that you're talking about, you know, if this doesn't happen this year for the playoffs, there could be, there could be ramifications. The Seattle Seahawks, nine out of the last 11 years have had a playoff appearance. Pete Carl, Russell Wilson, that combination. Is this the year that that could peak or come to an end? It is intriguing, gentlemen. Looking at Russell Wilson, he spent more time in Italy over the summer than any of us got to go on our holidays, and it was an absolute disgrace. But Russell Wilson, at his best, is the best, well, in my opinion, top two, top three quarterbacks in the NFL. No doubt about it. This Seattle team has been up there over the last 10 years, and at their best, they're unbelievable. I've seen it my own team getting hammered in the Super Bowl. But for me this year, they have no excuses. On the offense, for a start having guys like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, a new OC, and Shane Waldron, the ceiling is a Super Bowl appearance. The floor could be bye-bye, bye-bye to either Pete Card or Russell Wilson. And if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm looking at this team and going, if he doesn't win it this year, where does he go? The division has changed so much in the last five or six years. Whenever the Seahawks were at their best, whenever they peaked winning the Super Bowl, and then even getting to the Super Bowl the year after against the Patriots, that division was nowhere near as strong as it is. And I actually think they could struggle this year. They need to get their running backs working properly. Last year, they didn't have enough efficiency there. And I would be concerned at, you know, if they went on a two or three week run where they're winning games, I don't think they could actually pick it up for 17, 18 weeks. And for me, I actually think this year, the Seahawks won't make the playoffs. I have the Seahawks, well, I guess finishing fourth in the NFC West. So yeah, that's mine. Uh, very quickly, because we spent a lot of time in this one. Who's winning the division? Uh, for me, it's the Rams. 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 Rams, runaway winners. Rams, runaway winners. Uh, NFC North. So Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. Packers won the division last year and quite frankly won the offseason because it got ridiculous at one point. Draft night was great crack, boys. Great crack on Aaron Rodgers. Thank you for that. Aaron Rodgers comes back. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you. You're looking at the Bears and obviously the Messiah has came. Absolutely. In nominee Patri, Ifi, Spiriti Sancti. Um, if you are in any way religious, don't worry because the second coming of Christ truly has visited upon us. Justin Fields has joined the Bears and uh, I love you dearly. But for any Bears fans out there and fan sites, um, the, the hype around Justin Fields, uh, the fourth quarterback drafted in the draft, um, is beyond parallel. We get it, okay? The Bears have never never had a good quarterback jay cutler probably i think holds nearly all of their main passing records we understand that even when you won in 85 with jim mcmahon um he wasn't the greatest quarterback that ever existed god there are bears fans that still look fondly on with jim harbaugh and go back to sammy bore and these types of players back in the day so we understand you're excited about getting a quarterback but you mentioned that trey lance justin fields isn't starting week one for the Chicago Bears either. He hasn't won the starting job over the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. And you can call that, you know, conservatism. You can say, well, it's only a matter of time before he does start. But the reality is Matt Nagy is fighting for his job this season. Mm. Uh, many people are surprised even Matt Nagy has a job this season, <laughs> in fairness, as the Bears head coach. And so uh, the fact that he's not willing to hand over the reins um, to the Messiah is slightly concerning. Um, they have the weapons. Look, on offense, they have plenty of weapons. They have Colum's favorite player, Alan Robinson, free the Chicago one. They might actually give him some support um, this season. 
Cole Komet, for me, actually a tight end. He's got Jimmy Graham actually backing him up this season. But Cole Komet um, has real potential to be a breakout player here in his second season. Um, and that's even without talking about their really efficient running game, David Montgomery, so many great things. Um, I could talk about their defense all day because they have an amazing defense. Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, absolute standouts across the board. But they have gaps. Um, Robert Quinn, who they brought in as a big free agency move last season, delivered a grand total of two sacks for them. That's not what you expect when you're giving someone a 70 million contract with 30 million guaranteed. So is there upside from him? Potentially, but could he be an expensive bust? Equally, that could be a concern that they've got to deal with. And really what I want to think about is Sean Desai is their new defensive coordinator there. Uh, sorry, yeah, defensive coordinator there. I mean, can he continue that momentum that they've generated in that really solid defense? Basically, the Bears formula is very similar. We're going to talk about the Broncos later, guys. Don't worry. But it's very similar to a number of teams. Can they get there with really solid defense or exceptional defense being continued on and just up-leveling that offensive uh, game in relation to it? I say, ultimately, no, because I don't think that they are functional enough to get there. Um, but before we get too carried away on defense, actually, one stat. How many takeaways have the Bears had in the last two years? One. It's not quite that bad. Uh, they've had 37 in the last two years. That's too low for a so-called elite defense. So can they raise that? Can they raise Robert Quinn? Can they get more consistency out of their offense and offensive play? Um, with their offensive line and the porous nature of it, I say that's going to be what holds them back and ultimately dooms them. Whether you've got Andy Dalton, Jesus Christ himself, or his father at quarterback back there. I, I think what dooms them is Matt, Matt Nagy. You're saying that Nagy, Nagy didn't make the decision and Nagy's fighting for his job. Nagy's fighting for his job because he makes poor decisions. Yep. Everyone, yeah, I get it. Like, there's been a lot of hype about Justin Fields. I get why, though. I, I understand he's a very talented QB. Yeah, did he go top one, two, three? No, he's the fourth taken. Patrick Mahomes wasn't the first quarterback taken. I'm not expecting Justin Fields to be that. But when I hear Matt Nagy say, the reason I'm going with Andy Dalton, I made a verbal promise to Andy Dalton. Well, Matt, that's why you're in the situation that you're in. Ridiculous. You go with the best QB, not because you made some promise. Forget about it. Matt Nagy's out of a job at the end of the season yeah. and the Bears can move on. But I, And you mentioned Pat Mahomes, though. What did Pat Mahomes do for his first season? He sat for 15 games behind Alex Smith, only started in the 16th game. So you've got to give these guys time. Aye, but maybe Justin Fields should sit for a season. You know, there's all this talk, the second coming of Christ, etc. You know, sit for the season. Learn from your offense. Learn from your team. Become that quarterback Chicago deserve. The Bears are not going to win the Super Bowl this year, even if Fields does walk on week four. The thing that would annoy me is if Fields walks in week three, week four, when Soldier Peel's booing, oh yeah, Justin Fields comes in. No, he's not ready. Preseason games count for nothing. I know we've been bigging him up over the last month because we miss football. They count for nothing. He hasn't played a down in the NFL yet. He's got a lot of potential. But how many quarterbacks over the last 15 years have had a lot of potential, gentlemen, and have done sweet family album? I would love Justin Fields to get there. I'm so bitter that the Broncos didn't pick him up. But, I mean, it, it's going to tell. I, I reckon Brian will be on by week, by week three, second quarter. They'll be calling for him. I, I actually agree with the decision to start Andy Dalton. Week one, away to the Rams in the stadium. It's the first <laughs> proper game in that stadium where they're going to have fans. The Rams defense is going to be swarming over whatever quarterback is there. I think they start with Andy Dalton. 
Um, I'd say week four, when they play the Lions at home, is a perfect time to bring them in. And one final point in the Bears, which we haven't touched on, their offensive line. So when we were doing the mock drafts and when all these mock drafts are around, a lot of people had the Bears picking Tevin Jenkins in the first round. As it happens, they got him in the second round. Yeah. He's gone for the foreseeable three to four months with a back injury. They brought in Peters, who had had a great career with the Eagles. But the reason why the Eagles let him go is he's continuously injured and he's 29 years of age. Yeah. And they're gonna, the likelihood is he will start. The offensive line will struggle and whatever quarterback is behind him feels at some stage will play and he will he will help that offensive line. But not, not, in, not in terms of going for the playoffs. Brian, what offensive line? Look, look, <laughs> I'll go with a package there, but very quickly, if your phone's at 19% and you need to charge it for work the next morning, you don't pull it out at 40% thinking you'll get it done all day. Justin Fields isn't ready. And we can video this and screenshot this. Give him time. Give him a year. Let him, don't give him any pressure. Look at situations where you brought in quarterbacks. Drew Locke's an example. He probably wasn't ready. Anyway, anyway, look, we, we, we can talk about this all day. The Packers. The Packers, one of the, the most historic franchises in this league, gentlemen. One game away from the Super Bowl last year. And it was the summer of Rodgers. It was the spring of Rodgers. Adam Schefter had a field day with it. It was a hell of a six months. At one point, I thought my team was going to get Aaron Rodgers. And I genuinely thought for a long time he was gone. He's not. It looks, though, that this is his last dance. His last dance brings guys in like Randall Cobb. But do you know what, boys? Before we even talk about the defense, it seems to me that Aaron Rodgers is that good of a player. He could bring in a half-decent wide receiver, third or fourth-string wide receiver from any team in the league and turn him into a guy that scores six or seven touchdowns a season. This Packers team will be... Will, you know, I actually don't think... They'll run away with this division. I don't. Uh, I think it'll be close between them and somebody else, which, which haven't been talked about yet. But Aaron Jones is vital for this team. $48 million extension in the offseason. 30 touchdowns in 30 games over the last two years. Robert Tunyon at tight end is so good. But can they do it? We talked earlier on, my team, the Seahawks, earlier on, saying that their ceiling is a Super Bowl. <laughs> That's the floor for the Packers. The fans expect that this season. Aaron Rodgers has won one ring in, what, 10, 11 years? You'd like to think a guy that elite will take him to the Super Bowl this year because they have the talent, they have the defense, they've got a new defensive coordinator in Joe Barry. They have no excuses this year. It's put up or shut up. It's a very hard NFC to actually get through. Will they do it? I don't know. But I think they're going to be in for more trouble in that division than they think of. And, you know, fans were wishing to get Rodgers back all summer. He created a massive storm. Has that storm sealed is the question. Calm, you're looking at the uh, Vikings? Yeah, the, the Vikes, who traditionally do well in uh, odd-numbered years under Mike Zimmer. But I think uh, there might not be a more frustrated man in all of the NFL than Mike Zimmer at the moment. <laughs> His starting QB isn't vaccinated. His backup QB isn't vaccinated. And both of those had to miss a week of training camp where they just had to bring guys in off the street to throw the ball. Um, I mean, Kirk Cousins says that he wants to do everything to help this team win. Go get vaccinated. Why? Like, how do you game plan when you don't know if your QB is going to get pulled because they're uh, a close contact? They've tried bringing in an epidemiologist. They've tried doing everything they can. The Vikes have the lowest rate of vaccination, certainly the, 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 the stats I've seen of anyone in the league. It's got to, I mean, for Zimmer, whose seat is pretty hot up there in Minnesota, um, he, like, he has got to be pulling his hair out. Add to that, their first round uh, pick, Darashaw, brought him in as to uh, fix that line uh, at left tackle. He had surgery on a groin injury in January. They thought it was fixed. 
He had surgery again at the beginning of August. Zimmer came out and said, we didn't expect this. We were told it was fixed in January. It's got to be a nightmare if you're Mike Zimmer right now. Also, like Zimmer prides himself on being a defensive coordinator. His team were the best defense in the NFL in, in 2017. Last year, 29th. Uh, talk about a, a fall from grace. It, it, it has not been happy up in Minnesota. They have lots of players returning from injury. They've tried bringing in a lot of guys in free agency. Um, look, any team that has Dalvin Cook um, and Justin Jefferson always has a puncher's chance, um, but it's, it's definitely, I think, the last chance saloon for Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. You shouldn't have to spend too long on the Lions, should you? I mean... I was happy to get the Lions because of all the teams in the division, there's very little expectation. <laughs> you, know? you know, Mark's touched on the Bears fans and their need to see the quarterback. Zimmer's on the hot, sheet, hot, hot seat. We spoke all summer about, I think he'd be the first head coach gone. You've obviously, you know, got the, the easy team, shall we say. But the Lions have little expectation. <laughs> Dan Campbell has come in as the, as the head coach. And by all accounts, he's really enjoys the place. His press conference are enjoyed to watch. Last year was a disaster. Bob Crane and Matt Patricia, we were fortunate to interview Graham Glasgow and he made it very clear about what most of the Lions players felt about their time working under Matt Patricia. They brought in Goff, you know, and he, at the end of the day, Goff has gone to a Super Bowl, okay, and he was a high pick in the draft. It didn't work out, but again, that'll probably suit him indoors for a majority of the season. And, but I look at, I look at, they've lost a lot of players. I mean, the experienced players, Trufant has gone, Danny Shelton's gone on the defensive side. Galladay has gone to the Giants. Marvin yeah. Jones has been a very efficient wide receiver. He's gone to the Jacks. They've been crippled in terms of the players they've lost. You look at what they brought in. Tyrell Williams, Jamal Williams, the running back from the Packers. Good players, but are they number one players in their positions? Previously, no. They've moved on a free agent to get the money. And they've got a number of picks next year. So for me, they're in a very difficult division. I even looked at the schedule. 49ers are home. Packers away. Ravens are home. Bears, Vikings. I mean, you could argue they might even win a game for <laughs> October. But um, next year is a key year for them because they've got the, they got all the picks and I don't see them having a very good season. I look at them maybe a four to five win team at the bottom of the division. Who's winning the division? Packers in a canter. Packers by November. Ooh. Yeah, Packers all day long. Vikings. The Vikings are going to win the, the division in week 18. And it could be a sorry ending for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Uh, lads, let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. We're going to look at the NFC South and the NFC East. Okay, welcome back into the Irish NFL Show season preview, season kickoff tomorrow night, Bucks uh, against the Cowboys, season kickoff show, nine o'clock tomorrow night, be there or be square. Talking about being there, being square, the Saints in the NFC South, hard off season for the Saints in the last month, but uh, what's your thoughts ahead of the season, Brian? Hard off season and probably very hard four or five years for Saints fans because whilst they've had really good years, you know, 
I think the time has come now. It's the fourth time they'll start a new quarterback since 2006. And I was, when I was doing the preview, I was thinking of Saints fans, and they've had so many great years, but at the same time, they probably have to be one of the most frustrated set of fans in the league. You think back to the Minneapolis miracle, the following year, the Roby Cohn pass interference that wasn't a wild card game against the Vikings that yeah. they threw away. And a lot of people felt that in going into the tour quarter of that playoff game against the Bucks, they were in a position to win the game, and there were some very silly plays and fumbles which turned the game on its head in the Bucks' favour. Jameis Winston is the quarterback going forward. Um, I thought he would because I feel he, they used Taysom Hill very effectively in terms of that swift arm. You know, so for him to be the quarterback for the season didn't make sense. But I look at the team going forward. Kamara is the main guy, and I imagine teams will just literally will focus on him. Their wide receivers, Michael Thomas is out in October. Even if he does come back to be an effective wide receiver that we know he can be, there's trouble there. You know, We know that him and Sean Payton have had disagreements. The whole fact that he had an operation in June that could have taken place at the end of the last season. Mm. And then I look at their wide receivers, Raquan Smith, Galloway is having a good uh, training camp. Deontay Harris, Juwan Johnson, not standout players for me. I just feel that they've come to the end of the road. They've had their opportunities. I've touched on it there. They've so many difficult losses. This team really should have won a Super Bowl, and Drew Brees probably deserved a Super Bowl, but it's not to be. And for me, they're going to have a, a very difficult season. I think they're going to go gone from being a playoff team to literally being sort of at the bottom of the division. So for me, the Saints are going to fall off the cliff this year. Yeah, and the Saints obviously starting off the season playing the Packers at Jacksonville Stadium. Could have done it in London or Dublin, but I mean, who knows? Uh, I'm looking at the Falcons. The Falcons are a team that have, well, they've got a new head coach as well. Look. Kyle Pitts coming in at tight end is a very interesting option for this team. Again, though, is he ready to go? A lot of people are saying he's ready to go week one, right? He's obviously going to be playing week one, but is he ready for that push-up from college football to, to the NFL? I don't know. It might take time for him to embed himself in the team. Matt Ryan, 36 years of age. Is this his last season for the Falcons? Is he looking... I love how you're shaking your head, uh, Mark. It probably isn't, but is he looking at this division going... Am I ever going to catch a break? Falcons are London-bound as well. We're excited to see them against the Jets. That's going to be a great game, boys. Um, Julio Jones gone's a massive loss for this team. I, I like they, they scored 24.8 average points per game last year, 16th in the league. Are they going to get to that level this year? They're going to need a good running game. They're going to need good a good flux on both the offense and defense. I just don't know if they can match that 24.8 games. Sorry, 24.8 points a game. If they do, and have a revival potentially on the team with a new head coach. They could find a new level. I just think personally the Falcons might be a little bit under it, but with a new head coach and a new uh, a new OC as well coming in, it could be an interesting time for them. Um, but they'll probably miss the playoffs, to be honest. Um, Colm, you're looking at Panthers. The, the Panthers, yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Panthers had eleven games um, decided by one score in 2020. They pinned that on Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, their response to that was to bring in Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. um, the big question, is he still seeing ghosts? And uh, we're going to find out pretty quick, I think. I, I think, like Matt Rule is a very good coach, and Matt Rule is a program builder. We saw that in his college career. Like He tends to, first season, he kind of finds out what's going on, second season improve, and it really springs into the third. I think that they are going to regret not taking Justin Fields in the draft. I just, I'm not a believer in Sam Darnold. I just don't, I don't think, yeah, he was in a bad situation at the Jets. Yes, he had Adam Gase um, as his head coach, but 
he just didn't he didn't help himself i don't think he takes the panthers over the top um christian mccaffrey comes back that's great like one of the most dynamic players in the league he's fantastic questions about the the line um huge questions about the line and how effective they can be i expect them to be better defensively uh brian burns jeremy chin and now they've added jc horn you expect them to make plays um but i think in um this division um which which isn't particularly strong but all the teams are kind of in and around the, the same mark i just think sam darren like if they had gone with a qb with more upside Rather than having to pay Sam Darnold, it could be very different. Can I ask you a very good question? Is Sam Darnold uh, a level up from Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, not much. I, I think I think they're I think they're very very similar uh, QBs. I'd put him in the twin like somewhere in the twenty to twenty fifth um, in terms of if we're ranking QBs in this league. Sometimes the schedule actually helps you. Because if he starts off the season well, they're home to the Jets and they're home to the Saints week one, week two. Mm. If he starts off and has a couple of good games, doesn't need to have to light it up, but fishing games, Matt Rule seems to be a really good head coach. And I think that would help him move on and get the confidence going. And I actually do think he will have a good season. I'm not necessarily saying they'll go to the playoffs, but I think it's an improvement. I don't necessarily would compare him to, to Bridgewater because they're in two different stages of their careers. He's had a difficult few years in the Jets where he got very little support. He needs a brand of new fresh start. Teddy's on the other side of his career a game management situation where he's gone to Denver. Yeah, Sam Donald is going to be our this year or next few years version of Sam Bradford. Everyone's going to think they can fix him. He was a high, really young first round pick. We, we can fix him. We, we can do this with him and everything. Sam Bradford, of course, never had a winning season anywhere he went and everything. So <laughs> let's hope that's the only parallel that's drawn for Sam Donald. Who the hell give you the box this, <laughs> this is just a random draw that occurred this is just a random draw that occurred look everybody knows my personal man crush on tom brady did i mention 43 years old seven super bowl rings at this stage every record that god is willing to grant including the passing yardage record which he's almost odds on guaranteed to break in the first couple of weeks of this season um, I think the NFL has scheduled a primetime game for week four, just about when it's planned to go. So um, it's funny, though. Sometimes these things don't work out. I remember the NFL scheduled, uh, the, uh, Brady was on a record to beat Breeze's games for most games with one-plus passing touchdowns. So they scheduled Pats versus Saints primetime for that game that would have been the record breaker. And two weeks before the Patriots were held to six points by the bungles of all people. So, like, you know, sometimes the best laid plans of mice and men. But, yeah, to wrap up, I do have the Bucks in this particular division. I, I hardly agree with a lot of what you guys are saying about the other teams. And this is the reality why the Bucks are in a strong position this year. Mostly, we've seen regression from others. I do think the Panthers will be solid, but how solid can they be with Sam Darnold there? C-Mac, hopefully, runs CMC, will be healthy for the whole season. But we're talking about eight and nine, nine and eight type season at best, not stretching the division win. Saints, unfortunately, they've got the Bucks' old quarterback, Jameis Winston, who left the Bucks going 30 for 30. That's 30 TDs and 30 interceptions, unfortunately, which is an unwanted record. And much as I, I kind of love Kyle Pitts and I love uh, Arthur Smith and obviously what they can potentially do in the Falcons, it's a season too soon. Uh, Tom Brady has never lost to the Falcons as well, so it's nice for him to see them twice this year. Look, the Bucks story, you've heard it all before. They're returning all 22 starters on offense and defense. Shock. That's, that's news to everybody, I'm sure. But they also have a 100% vaccination rate. 
They also, if we go by strength of schedule, have the 29th easiest. Oh, sorry, the 29th, yeah, the 29th easiest. I'm saying that the wrong way around. The third easiest strength of schedule <laughs> 20, um, in this season. And, you know, they've added bonus players along the way, like Joe Tryon, who's now Joe Tryon Shinoqua, has fallen to them in the first round of the draft. OJ Howard's come back from injury that bolsters that tight end position. And so, you know, all is good. But truly, I'm going to end with one question. How good are they? Mm. Because last season, they had a three-game stretch at home. The Rams, the Saints, the Chiefs, they lost all the games. And we thought, oh, Brady's a bust. This is a bust. Even last season when they won the Super Bowl, they had five games in a row after the bye against teams with losing records. And that offense didn't truly click until arguably the Super Bowl. So how good are they and how consistent can they be are two key questions. But my God, do they have a nice division to figure that out in. I mean, we could talk. We have to go on. We could talk about this all day. The Chiefs didn't turn up in the Super Bowl. That would be my argument. We all got the Bucs? Yes, absolutely. I actually think Brady could set out the last five weeks of the season. This is how the 18th game is, or the 18th week has happened for him. Uh, the best division in football up next, the NFC East. Washington's football team are champions last year. Um, Mark, I'll not start with you. I'll start with Brian. You've got America's team, the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, back from an injury, actually felt horrible for him when he went down last year. Surely it's a big season for Dak Prescott in this easy, easily winnable division, yeah? Six games over 500 this century, but yet every year, this is the Cowboys' year. You know, it reminds me of Liverpool for so long. This is the year, this is the year. Dak Prescott, the thing about Dak Prescott with this injury is he's now got a shoulder injury, <clears throat> and they're going to monitor him throughout the season, and it's, because, it's, it's come because of the nature of how he chose the ball and the pressure he's putting on, on his right ankle. So already there's kind of concerns around. And Jerry Jones can come out with all these conversations around. He's like the squirrel. He's just storing his nuts and he'll be back in the winter. And he'll be very efficient. He can say all these things. But the reality is it's going to take time. It's going to take time for him to be back to the where he was. Ezekiel Elliott last year was very poor. I keep hearing from different people that he's going to have a really good season. I'm based on what because he looks a little bit leaner in this offseason. We really don't know. So... They've got a very good offense. You know, uh, the tight end came in. Schultz, I think the fourth round, 2018, really good. Jarvin was injured last year. When he played, he was very efficient. Sidney Lamb looked a real wide receiver last year. Cooper, we know he can be good. But for me, it's not actually about Dak. It's about this defense. They brought in Dan Quinn from the Falcons. Ironically, who had the 24th worst defense in the league last year. Just slightly under the Cowboys, who were torches. But yeah, he's the man that's been brought in to fix this defense. 14 of the 21 players they brought in in, in offseason are defense. Eight of the 11 players drafted are defense. They're now saying they're going to focus their attention solely on Micah Parsons, the first round pick, to be the player that's going to lead this defense. Van der Esk all of a sudden is like the player in the past, even though he's only two or three years in the league. It's all about Micah Parsons. That's the big question for me. Will this defense be the defense we saw a couple of years ago? This offense will do really well when Jack gets settled into a new season. But for me, big concerns around this defense, and that's why I don't believe they'll win the division. And 10 years on from the Giants winning the Super Bowl, it's been a hell of a 10 years in New York for both the Jets and the Giants. Colin, are the Giants going to win the NFC East this year? Ah, so this is Dave Gettleman's fourth year, and Brent's going to hate this. Uh, entering year four, he is currently sits at 15 and 33. It is the Jesus. worst stretch of Giants football in nearly... 50 years um like things have to change or there'll be a new gm in place next year it's as simple as that now the issue for the giants is they were the talk of the nfl during training camp 
there was the brawl uh, where you, your franchise QB is at the bottom of the pile. You don't want to see that. Four players retiring, right? For different reasons, but it's what everyone has been talking about. Now, um, you also have the, the O-line, right? Where Gettleman's trying to put it together with two weeks to go to the season. That's all the, the, the negative stuff. That can either bring a team together or they can fall apart. I really think the Giants are the boom or bust team in the league this mm. year. I think they, it could go either way. Daniel Jones is going to be really interesting. Can Gettleman get a line together to give him a, a fighting chance? I think that's what he needs. You need to give a young QB the opportunity to at least stand upright for a while. They were really intriguing, in fairness, in free agency in the draft. Loads of playmakers. This team has a ton of playmakers. Um, how fit is Barkley? That's the question. Um, when when will he can get fully up to, to speed? Defend on defense, really solid last year. Expect them to be really solid again um, this year. Can, can they can, can they win it? Absolutely. Like they could blow the opposition away. Will they? That's it'll be really interesting to see about this team. I I could see them winning four games. I could see them winning eleven games. Probably gonna be four if I had an opinion on it. Uh, I'm gonna very quickly look at the Eagles. Um, we had a pretty good offseason. The Eagles. We spoke to Alex Singleton came on the show. He was very high up on this team, calling them underdogs, saying the defense is is very underrated. They looked impressive in preseason. I think they actually shut a team out in preseason. They got shut out. They got shut out. There you go. That shows you my sleeping pattern. Who, who was that team? Who Patriots. Patriots. Oh yeah, yeah. God, God's answer, Max. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I don't know what to think of the Eagles this year, lads. I don't know this this division. Just every year comes up with certain situations, and it's like, is this ever going to get as active ever? I love the Garner Minshew trade. I absolutely love it. And isn't there a clause in the trade? With having to play more than four games a season, there's there's another pick, yeah. Mark, it goes up to a fifth. Yeah. Up, up to a fifth, that'll happen. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts will be gone by week two, boys. I, I think, I think Gardner Minshew will be in by by week two, and, and I absolutely love it. He deserves another opportunity. I actually was, you know, it'll be interesting how Trevor Lawrence because on in Jacksonville, but I think he's the answer there as well. Um, I don't think Hurts is the answer, but I'm really intrigued to see how Devonta Smith comes into this offense. Uh, this is the team that needs to score points. The problem with this Eagles team is it probably won't. It might go a couple of weeks winning a couple of close games, might have a blowout in Philadelphia, and then going by the NFC East, usual average, they'll lose six games in a row, and people will be calling for their heads. A new OC in Shane Stryker, I can't pronounce his surname. It's definitely not an Irish surname anyway. This team needs to pull up this year. It's not probably going to happen. Will they be there in December? I doubt it. I just can't see how the Eagles are going to keep it up with the Cowboys or Washington for me. And I think that they'll finish third or fourth in the NFC East. This is a team that allowed uh, 125.8 yards per game last season. I think it could be a wee bit higher this year. So it might not be the year for the Eagles. And Mark, you're looking at who I think is going to be the team to beat in the NFC East. Michael, we're agreeing on something for some mm. strange reason. This I know. is crazy. Um, the Eagles have a lot of trouble, actually, and problems with cornerbacks and offensive yep. lines and all across the board. The Cowboys, yeah, Brian said it every year. It's the Cowboys year. Every year. I mean, look at the paper. They should walk this division. They've clearly got more talent than the other teams put together, but they won't. They'll some find some way to cowboy it. And unfortunately, the Giants are, are stuck in that purg uh, purgatory at the moment where last season they lost a lot of games. They should have won. They've got to learn how to win, first of all. But for me, 
The Washington football team, surprisingly, are actually in the ideal position to double on and double up their division win of last season, which was a bit surprised. They've actually made a lot of moves that make a lot of sense. They've increased the weapons on the offense. Now, they already had Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas had a bit of a breakout year last year, obviously, and I think he can continue to evolve on that beyond. But they also brought in Adam Humphreys. They brought in Curtis Samuel, which brings great speed to that wide receiver position as well. They've got Antonio Gibson and a really solid offensive line, but the offense is going to live or die on whether we see Fitzmagic or if we see Fitztragic. So, Ryan, you know, Harvard grad, you might not have heard that except on every single TV transmission whenever he's been on the field. But he's a very smart guy. He can hopefully succeed in that environment. And he's definitely got the weapons to play with. But really, a bit like the Bears, a bit like the Broncos, what the offense has to do is just not screw up because the defense will carry this team one way or the other. Four first-round picks featured on defense. The best D-line in football, even better than the Rams, because the sum of their parts exceeds Aaron Donald in my mind. Chase Young and Montez Sweat, you hear a lot about. Jonathan Allen's probably the most criminally underrated player in the entire NFL. The best defensive tackle, not named Aaron Donald in the entire league. But also Darren Payne as well is a really solid tackle there. That front four is supreme. And I think they've still got questions. William Jackson, a corner, trying to replace, obviously, Terrence Trent Darby. Sorry, Ronald Darby, who went to the Broncos, uh, is one particular piece that, obviously, in that secondary, we're going to watch at. But they've got all the parts. What we need to do, Washington fans, uh, including Anton Beck, our good friend, who we talked to at Super Bowl time, is just send them some cable ties and some sticky tape and some padlocks. Because if we can lock away Dan Schneider for the season, they've actually got a chance to succeed. Right, so we're all picking... Okay, Washington. Washington. Who are you picking? Washington. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're not picking the Giants? Nope. Okay. Good. Giants will make the Super Bowl in the wild card. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Washington with an asterisk. Washington. I actually think this is the year a team runs away with this division. I think Washington will win it by five or six games. Coming up next, we're going to look at the AFC. See you in a second. Welcome back into our season preview on the Irish NFL show. Just 24 hours before the kickoff of a new season. God help all of us going to work on Friday morning, lads. I mean, that's a different conversation for a different day. Now is the part, as a Broncos fan, that I have been dreading for the whole show. We're going to talk about the AFC West, and I'm going to start off looking at the Los Angeles Chargers. We're in a situation now where the Chargers and the Rams are both playing in SoFi Stadium in LA, and now both teams have got the answer as a quarterback. I cannot believe how good 
Justin Herbert is and how good he will be in the future. His rookie performance last season, rookie of the year, was one to be admired. And by getting rid of Anthony Lynn, this team has got serious, serious potential. And I actually think bringing in Steely as head coach could be a masterclass of a move. Looking at guys that Justin Herbert has the option to throw to. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. And if that's not good enough, they've got Mike Williams, Tyron Johnson, and Jalen Gooden. You know, just, just in case. Just in case. The main issue they're going to have is this. They're in a division which is stacked. Is it stacked? I don't think the Raiders are going to be anywhere near them. I think the Chargers win those two games. I think the Chargers beat the Broncos home and away. There's four wins already. And the biggest question mark for this team comes in Kansas City. Can the Chargers go to Kansas City and win? Or can they at least beat them in LA? They need to win games in LA to continue to get fans on board because the Rams are the Rams house and everybody in LA loves the Rams. But in a season in which SoFi Stadium has the Super Bowl, wouldn't it be interesting to see two LA teams in LA? Probably not going to happen, but there's a high chance one of them could get near it. Um, don't mean to talk about the Broncos, but the Broncos played Chargers week 17 and the Chiefs week 18. I think that is key. Those two games, the two game stretch. I think the AFC West will go down to week 17 and week 18. But I think the Chargers and the Chiefs will be miles ahead of the other two teams. I think the Chargers will get a wild card spot. Um, and personally, I think Justin Herbert is on an eventual MVP journey. He'll probably be the MVP in the next five years in the league. Uh, okay. Brian, will we just get the Raiders over with, yeah? No, I have high expectations for the Raiders this year. Really? Yeah, I really do. Not just because I have them, but I genuinely looking at them. I looked at last season, eight and eight, three games in which they were winning with one minute 45 to go, and they threw away the three games, all because of the defense. Ironically, Gruden has been critical for years on end, whether he's as a coach or whether he's in the box, of Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley is his new defensive coordinator. Makes no <laughs> sense. 13 new players brought in on defense. You look at their offense, Derek Carr has had three seasons in a row, three seasons in a row, showing over 4,000 yards. People talk about Carr, Jacob, the running back, Waller, the tight end. But they've also got Henry Ruggs. Oh, where's his name? Renfro, really efficient Renfrew. slot player last year. Really good player, very underrated. And then Edwards is coming into a second year again. So Ruggs and Edwards could potentially make the step up in their second year. They brought in Kenny and Drake at running back. So for me, the offense will be the same offense that we saw last year. They will put up points. It's all on this defense. And for me, I actually think after all years of which Gruden was critical of Carr, I think we've got to a stage now where he's actually recognized Carr actually is a very efficient quarterback. And I'd argue if he was available tomorrow in a trade, there'd be five or six teams that would be jumping all over that, offering first round picks to get him. The Raiders last year played, obviously all the teams played without any fans, but the Raiders have this thing now with Vegas. You know, they, they're going to have the crowds in. There's going to be a good feel about them. Monday night football against the Ravens week one. I actually think the Ra Raiders are going to be a surprise element this year. And you can watch MNF IRE just before the game, 10 o'clock live. We're live on Monday night for the first time in like seven months. Bartis draft, looking forward to that. Colin, I'm avoiding the Broncos conversation for another two minutes with Mark. Uh, you've got the Chiefs. Yeah, so if you cast your mind back to February, um, there, there was a game. But a, a, a game, I, I, a game requires two teams, um, and only one team showed up. Big time. Um, and the Chiefs weren't just beaten; the Chiefs were annihilated. I mean, we are talking Broncos 49ers level of beatdown. Um, and 
Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. I mean, he was already carrying injuries. He was knocked out cold in the game against the Browns. And then the Chiefs did that to him. If, um, if Mahomes wasn't as good as he is, Shaq Barrett would have set all sorts of Super Bowl records that would never have been equaled. Um, so the, the Chiefs had to respond, and they did. Boy, did they respond. A brand new line to protect Mahomes. Because given the injuries, I mean, he's, he's had a number of injuries over the last two years. When you have paid a guy nearly, what, half a billion, his contract is mm. in full, yep. you've got to protect him. They've done that. Um, how long it takes to click with the line, that'll be interesting, but they've used him a lot in preseason. Um, I mean, the, the issue, the issue for the Chiefs, the only issue is depth, right? They have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, Kelsey, I think it's in his three seasons with Mahomes, one, two, and nine in terms of all-time receiving records for tight ends. It is ridiculous the connection those guys have. Even if there's a slight drop-off as, as Kelsey turns 32, it's still going to be so far ahead of everyone else. The, the Losing Sammy Watkins is a bit of an issue, but Watkins was always in, um, injured. They need McCall uh, Hardman to step up there. Um, the defense, the, um, they need more sacks. So Frank Clark and the Uzi incident, probably not ideal. Um, though it is also a team that needs fewer penalties, so not having Frank Clark, maybe, maybe that evens out. Um, but look, the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. It's as simple as that. They have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. They are ridiculous, and they are the gold standard in the AFC. Yeah, they, they didn't show up in February, and Mahomes made what a lovely... Like almost like you're in Ma playing Madden and you're panicking and he just threw the ball and everyone thinks it was amazing. But anyway, it, spot the Broncos fan. You're talking was, Madden. Magic. I'm talking the Broncos. God, this might get ugly. Um, the thing about the Broncos for me this offseason is very clear. They're so worried about the Chiefs. Column's just outlined. They've got all these weapons. So what have the Broncos done? They've doubled down in an area that I wouldn't have said was particularly weak in the first instance. They've doubled down on their defense. They've doubled down on their secondary. Bringing in Carl Fuller, bringing in Terrence Trent, Ronald Darby. I'm going to keep making that joke. It's but it's bringing in Ronald Darby. And then, of course, in the draft, Michael, you might remember they, they drafted Pat Sertain from Alabama, not Justin Fields, yep. not a quarterback. I know it's a sore spot, but it's still. A good, it's, a, it's a good pick, yeah. So the secondary looks great. Is it no fly zone territory? Is it as good as the amazing um, secondaries we've seen from the Broncos? Possibly not, but they've got all the right pieces. They locked down Justin Simmons at safety as well, who we had on the show and is you know one of the top three safeties in the league, if not in the top two, shall we say. Um, but here's the thing. Vaughn is back. Everything looks right, but there's still challenges. They're so reliant on Mike Purcell in terms of shoring up their run D, and I think that is possibly the weakness of their defense. And... I'm kind of repeating myself, like the Bears, like Washington. The <laughs> offense is the problem here and whether they can get consistency. They had a great quarterback competition between the fifth and the sixth best quarterbacks in the AFC West. They finally made the right... Yes, because I'd take Chad Henney over both of them. Um, they finally made the right decision in terms of taking Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. And Teddy Bridgewater, for me, can make the right decisions. He can be more consistent. He won't make the same errors, but... You know, is he still going to be that Teddy Bridgewater we saw burst onto the scene with Minnesota? My my heart says yes, but unfortunately my head says no. But can he be the Teddy Bridgewater we saw go 5-0 and when he was a spot starter in the New Orleans Saints? Absolutely. 
and if they can get more consistent play, if uh, I think they can get a bit more from another guest of the show, Noah Fant, in the receiving game, who can definitely take that step, but they need to see it. They can definitely elevate their game. They can definitely rise from the basement they've been residing in for the last few years in this division. But I don't feel it's going to be enough to really be a serious challenge because they still have Vic Fangio, who is in the hall of great coordinators and crappy head coaches. I actually think they'll get to the end of the year and sack him. I don't think they'll sack him midseason. What record did we pick for this team on a different podcast? Uh, it was, it was uh, nine, nine and eight. Uh, was, yeah. uh, nine and eight. Anyway. Nine, uh, nine and eight, eight men in division. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's not even getting a wild card spot. In it. Nope. That's the problem in the AFC. Who's winning this division? Um, Chiefs. Come on, Chiefs. Chiefs with the Chargers breeding down their necks. Yeah, Chiefs by a game or two. I think it'll be tight, but it'll be, uh, it'll be like the Grand National and two have pulled away by <laughs> the 15th fence. Uh, okay, AFC North. We've got the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, the Steelers. Let's start off with Colin, the Browns. What a year in prospect. For, is this the, finally the year they get over the hump? It could be. Um, I mean, the Browns, look, since they came back into the league in 99, they have... They've done some terrible, terrible things. Hilariously bad at times, right? I mean, some of their head coaching appointments, some of their quarterbacks. I mean, so, <laughs> some of their quarterbacks make the fact the Broncos had to play with no quarterback yeah. last year. The Browns did that for seasons at times, right? <laughs> um, but they have the right guy in um, Kevin Stefanski. He is a fantastic head coach. And to do what he did, he injustifiably coached the year last year, in his first year. Um, I, the big question, I suppose, for them is what is Baker Mayfield? That, you know, Josh Allen has got the big contract. The Browns, I think, want to see more from Mayfield. So they haven't pulled the trigger as yet on a new deal. Um, but he, they have so much around him. Um, he has so many weapons. Odell Beckham coming back, is, does that, is that help or hinder? There are people last year who will tell you that Beckham going out helped the, the rest of the team. It'll be very interesting to see. But what really left them down ultimately last year was defense. And boy, did they look to address that. Oh my God. I mean, fair play. Their general manager said, here's a problem. We're going to go sort it. Much like the Chiefs did with their O-line. They went out, free agency and the draft. They are a serious, serious contenders. Uh, beating the Steelers last year in the, the playoffs, um, I mean, was, you know, the, uh, you know, akin to reaching the promised land. I think they have the potential to go um, all the way this year to really put it up to, to the Chiefs. I think, I think given the, given COVID, given vaccination, I think the Browns are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. Marky for Steelers? Yeah, and we've spent quite a bit of time on the Steelers in the show in the last while. The um, Irish Steelers show. The, uh, well, I mean, our Steelers special was was fantastic. And it was great to talk to Kevin Colbert, the general manager of the Steelers. And, you know, you don't need me to give you a breakdown of how their draft picks are going. Just watch our show when he breaks down the top four draft picks and how he feels they're progressing. Um, but clearly, obviously, the biggest change they've made is that pick of Najee Harris, the end of the first round, uh, trying to regenerate the run game. The biggest problem, though, is that they need the offensive line to lean into that. And 
I think it's got weaker rather than stronger in that particular regard. Uh, Villanueva now obviously a Raven rather than a Steeler, um, the ex-Army Ranger who was a very strong point for that. And this was one of the challenges for the Steelers last season. Yes, they were 10-0 and and nothing should go undiminished about being 10-0 because to win 10 games in the National Football League is not easy as Patriots, Giants and Broncos fans know very well from last season. But it was always a weak 10-0 and it was based around a limited game plan, it felt, in terms of get the ball out quickly because the O-line can't hold up. When that ultimately broke down, the Steelers broke down, as you saw towards the end of last season and the falling apart in the playoff game against the Browns. But Big Ben is back. He seems slimmer. He seems fitter. He seems healthier. He's now got Najee Harris to hopefully be exciting. They've sent Smith-Schuster, Claypool, and Johnson, their dynamic offensive threats, to catching school for the entirety of the offseason and hope that they can learn how to catch a ball. And he has a new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada, and we'll see what he can do. Defense, not much wrong there. TJ, what we, you know, he hopes will have another dynamic season, but they have lost Bud Dupree, which is a challenge. For me, this is a team that can make waves, be dynamic, be a challenge, but it's still a pretty tough division, especially with the Ravens and the Browns. And that is a possibly a bridge too far for them to overcome to get to the promised land. Mr. O'Leary has the Bengals. Are we going to go back to the 80s and see a resurgence in Joe Burrow? I don't believe so. You, you touched on a tough division. I mean, arguably, again, one of the toughest divisions, in particular on the AFC side. Mm. But I, it doesn't make any sense. They've, they've tra- drafted Lamar Chase. He's been very poor. From, again, you touched on a preseason. How much can you take stock of it? But he hasn't looked really good. I felt their offense last year, the offensive line was, was very weak. They were, I think they were 29, 30 ranked. Joe Burrow was continuously under pressure, which inevitably led to his season and an injury against Washington. So what do you do? You come to the draft, you've got the fifth pick, Penny sort of sitting there. People say he's like a Quinn and Nelson, he's going to be a you know, generational offensive line player. No, you don't go with him. You go with Lamar Chase because he's had the LSU career with Joe Burrow, 1,780 yards, 20 touchdowns in college. But yeah, he didn't play the previous season because he opted out. It just doesn't make any sense. You solidify your quarterback because he's the long-term quarterback. He looks like he's the right quarterback for the team. Defensively, they brought in Hendrickson from the Saints, who was a really efficient pass rusher, but they've lost Lawson to the Jets, who in fact now is gone for the season. And um, William Jackson, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, he's gone to Washington. They've got young players. They look like they can make the step up. Some players that really improved last year, they're banking on that. Um, other players on the offense, Mixon, the running back, T. Higgins, second year, looked really efficient last year, Tyler Boyd. I felt he had the players there. They just needed to solidify the offensive line to be challenged, not challenging, but be competitive within the division. I think in the end, ultimately, that's what's going to, be their downfall. Joe Burrow will have a difficult season. Zach Taylor, who we've had guests such as Matt, uh, Michael Lombardi come on the show and been critical of him, I think he will lose his job next season. I don't think the Bengals are going anywhere fast. I think they'll be picking in the top five again come April next year. They've got, they've got Joe Burrow injured once. They're about to get him injured again this season, the way they go. Oh, I hope not. There's always a big injury. There's always a big injury with a quarterback at some point. Will it happen in the AFC this year? I meant to say that in the last division talk. If you get my drift there. Uh, I have the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, who is 30-7 and seven as a regular season starter on a rookie deal, gentlemen. Cheap. Cheapest chips, as we say, in the North. 1-3 in the postseason. This Ravens team, it's, this is a very similar situation to the Seahawks. They, they need to win, and they need to win now. Lamar Jackson's coming up to a contract. Has he been vaccinated? No. 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 Has he got an agent? No. Nope. Okay. 
They have an Asian defensive line in Clayus Campbell and Brandon Williams. And also, I guess, Marvin Humphrey is good in the secondary. This team has what I think it needs to get over the line in terms of the playoffs. Can they go further? I don't think so. I'm really interested to see how Lamar Jackson can go after an MVP season in 2019, regressing a little bit last year. He's got Mark Andrews. He's got Brown to float. So I, I mean, I, I just think they'll get to the playoffs and one and done again, boys. I really do. Like, I think you could, but I think the most intriguing thing there is if that does happen, where does Jackson go next year? Or does he stay with the Ravens? Does he get his pay? What happens? Because then they're stuck. They can't afford all these players. Yeah, I'm, Michael, I was going to give a stat, and it's relevant for Broncos fans with Brandon Bowles, uh, their tackle, to be honest with you, but very much for the Ravens as well. Last season, 40.1% less offensive holding calls, and the officials have said they're going to make offensive holding a point of emphasis this season. So teams that have got away maybe with a bit of holding in the past, uh, Ravens run game, I've kind of put it to you, um, will not have that same flexibility this season. 56% of the uh, players called by the Ravens over the past two years has been run game. They've lost J.K. Dobbins, who looked like he was fast emerging as one of the best running backs in the league. He's gone for the season, injured in uh, during a, a, let's call it a meaningless preseason game, which is unfortunate for them, but I still think they'll be effective enough to make sure they're in the playoffs. Wild card, and that shows you how difficult it is to get in the wild card in any, in, in, in any conference, never mind AFC or NFC. One and done, in my opinion. Uh, AFC South. Oh, are winners. Pick, are we picking a division? Pick a division pick winner. A winner. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick the Browns. Yeah. What you pick? Yeah, the, uh, the Browns. For, the Browns for me, I mean, after so many seasons of heartbreak, the Browns are the favourites, and justifiably so, for this division. Ravens. Marty McFly just turned up. Can't believe we're saying it. The Browns. The Browns, the Browns, boy, it's going to be an interesting year for the AFC. These are all, all going Browns. That's the first time I can remember that. Coming up after the break, we have a final look. AFC South, AFC East. Please stay with us. I know it's late. Please. Welcome back into the Irish NFL show season preview, 24 hours to the season starts. We have somehow managed to go through the whole of the NFL, but we've got two divisions to go. The AFC South, gentlemen, I'm going to start off with the Titans. My goodness gracious me, if the Titans don't do it now, they're never going to do it. Do you know, five years ago, I actually thought to myself that Ryan Tannehill would never amount to anything in this league, and look at him now. It's like whenever Nigel Farage went to the European Parliament. <laughs> you all laughed at me. Well, you're, you're not, not laughing, laughing now. now. What a team he has, gentlemen. I, seriously, this Titans team, I really thought they would go further last year. I actually thought they might have got you know, to the Super Bowl. I never publicly said that, but they're very, very good. Derrick Henry's incredible. He is. He became the eighth 2,000-yard rusher in NFL history last year, leading the league in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns for a second straight season. King 
Henry, King of Tennessee, King of the North, potentially as well. Unbelievable, the gentleman. Uh, look, if you haven't got Derek Henry, you've got AJ Brown. This team's incredible. Um, this, for me, personally, and I know I'm going to ruin these three gentlemen's chats, for me, they run away with this division, boys. They run away with it. And it's very similar to the Ravens. You'd have to start asking questions if the Titans don't get to the Championship League. I really think that. Where will they be in 12 months' time? The Titans are going to run away with this for me. It's not even a discussion, boys. Uh, Brian, you've got the Colts. Carson Wentz is in Indianapolis. Colts, and to be honest, probably did. I suppose the challengers for the division, you know, who, who people will expect to run the Titans close, if not win the division. The Colts have had, you're talking about other teams having crazy off-seasons. Like Ballard and Frank Wright, the head coach, must be scratching the, their heads at the situation. For just the fourth year in a row, they've had a new quarterback. They bring in Carson Wentz. You know, a lot of people felt his time was done in Philadelphia. He was continuously injured. A lot of people argued that he was injured because of the offensive line was so poor. They bring him in, he gets a foot injury. He, they then say he's gone four to eight weeks. It looks like he's gone for the foreseeable. Then he's back very quickly after the operation. In the meantime, Quinn and Nelson, the offensive line guy, he also gets a similar injury. He's gone for the foreseeable. They've now lost T.Y. Hilton. We interviewed Stephen Holder just before the draft. He works for the Atlantic Colts beat writer. He said, never mind Wentz, T.Y. Hilton is his team. He's gone for the first half of the season. Injury after injury. Then Wentz comes back. Then we, the realisation kicks in. He's not vaccinated. Quinn and Nelson's not vaccinated. He does a press conference today. He says, people just need to trust me. It's an absolute... It's a bit of a mess, really, you know? And then you look <laughs> at players, you know, uh, Pittman, wide receiver last year, very efficient, came in, a lot of things spoke about him, expecting him to make a step up. For me, two games in particular last year, he was really, he played really well. You could see why they dropped him. Packers at home, they came back and beat them, and the Titans when they beat them. Defensively, DeForest Buckner has been their best player. They traded for him last year from the 49ers. He had 26 hits on the quarterback last year. Double the amount of the whole defensive line. So straight away, you go to the draft, Quiddy Pay and the second round, I can't recall his name, but they brought in another edge rusher. So straight away, they've recognised they're not getting to the quarterback. They're not getting hits. Nine and a half sacks by DeForest Buckner, again, the most. So for a linebacker to be beating all of the defensive line out is a concern. The secondary, they brought Xavier Rhodes back. Uh, Rocky Sin hasn't stepped up to what they expected. There's too many question marks for me. I would like to see the Colts be challenging. I'd like to see them win the division, but I don't see it because of all the things I've just laid out there. They will be a really good team. And on the day, they could probably be any team within the league, um, even the Chiefs. But for me, too many risks. I see Carson Wentz getting injured during the season and in fact, that will derail their season. They they locked down Darius Leonard to a long-term deal yeah. as well and he's yeah. such a key player. But I mean, you want to talk about dysfunction? I think Colin might have you beat in a minute when we get onto the Texans. Mm. Do you want to go for it? Well, I want to take you back. I'm just doing that a lot. But I want to take you back <laughs> to January 12, 2020. And the Houston Texans were 24 points to 7 up on the Kansas City Chiefs. Barring disaster, they were going to the AFC Championship. That was a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. What happened? They collapsed. Chiefs, 40 unanswered points. The free fall has not stopped for the Texans since. This is the worst team in the league. Make absolutely no mistake about that. Last year was bad. This year will be infinitely worse, okay? Um, they have a franchise QB who doesn't want anything to do with them. 
But now they don't want anything to do with him. Nobody wants anything to do with him. That's a mess of a, uh, a situation. The league doesn't want anything to do with it. It's a disaster. But that's only one part of it. They have a new head coach who looks out of his depth already. I feel sorry for him. What a mess he's walked into. They have a general, new general manager who made 79 moves between January 7th and the end of May. 79. 22 new players on offense, 27 new players on defense. I mean, they, they, do, do the players know each other's names? They brought in Tyrod Taylor. They're paying them five and a half million. They, they had no picks, hardly any picks in the draft. What did they do with their third round pick? They went and they got a quarterback. Genius. They brought in Jeff Driscoll, who the Broncos had paid a fortune to, who I've seen in person. He can't throw the football, right? So now they have four QBs, none of whom are serviceable this year. I mean, like they wanted to tra end training camp early and kick the media out. Uh, the, look, the roster is bad. The, the coaching will likely be bad, but the leadership is non-existent. I mean, it is just horrific. And you have the sword of Damocles that is the Deshaun Watson situation hanging over the franchise. Texans fans, you deserve better, but be, be, like, there's no measure that this team isn't the worst. It is horrific. It is an embarrassment to Roger Goodell, who has done a great job for over the past couple of years. This is on you, Roger Goodell. This is a nightmare scenario. And to add to how bad the Texans are, the AFC South could be this year's NFC East. Just a big shout out to Houston Texans, I, Ireland, I, the big just, fans. I just, you haven't swapped the Asians or anything, have you? You just seem more passionate about the Texans <laughs> than you do about, about the Broncos. Philip Lindsay's in for... Uh, <laughs> The running back. Uh, just let, let's move on to the Jaguars. Well, well I mean, much. I was going to. I was about to say, I feel passionately about the mess that's in the Texans, which you can put at the feet of Jack Easterby, who's uh, the Cardinal Richelieu, shall we say, uh, mm -hmm. behind the scenes there in the Texans quite a bit as well. Um, I'm not sure I blame Roger Goodell as much as you are, Carl, <laughs> but it is telling that a side who has lost 15 games in a row that went last season one and 15 is less dysfunctional and less screwed up than one of the other teams in its own division. The Jacksonville Jaguars, in fact, I think probably one of the most uh, apt descriptions I can give is, this year they've been a blockbuster. Like, it's been blockbuster moves. With Urban Meyer coming in, Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick. So, of course, it's only appropriate that you can't go to the cinema and watch the blockbusters in the middle of COVID because that's probably the only way you get a Jacksonville blockbuster as things go on. Look, we can talk in detail about the Jags roster and about the various things they have to improve. Uh, sacks are a major, th major thing. Allen and Smoot, they'd like to see it take a big leap. Last season, only 18 sacks as a team. The second worst in the entire league, only just pipping the Bungles, who only had 17. So there is a lot to improve in so many different things. I think Maya will improve the depth, but we are talking a two, three, four-year project. The only thing that matters this year is very simple. Travis Etienne is already out on IR for the season. A huge loss. So to every offensive lineman, reserve offensive lineman, potential offensive lineman, Jacksonville Jaguars fan, learn from Roycey Gracie, even Kurt Angle, even Conor McGregor, for Christ's sake, and tackle and hold and wrestle every pass rusher to the ground. We don't care, as fans of this game, if you give up 5 million yards in penalties. But for the love of God, don't do a Bengals uh, who got Joe Burrow injured and protect Trevor Lawrence because he is your franchise for the next 15 years. And that is the entirety of the goal of the Jacksonville Jaguars season this year. Who we got? AFC South? 
It has to be the out-of-shape Mike Rabel and the Tennessee Titans. I love Mike Rabel. I have the Titans by the Immaculate Conception, but December 8th, yeah. even before that, to be honest with you. Who's got? Yeah, it's, it's Titans. In the summer, I had the Colts, but with everything that's gone on, it's now the Titans. Love the pick. Right, finally, before we look at our wild card and Super Bowl picks, quick enough this division, I say Patriots and stuff. AFC East, Brian, do you want to start us off? Tua, is Tua going to start in Miami? What's going on? Yeah, I've got high hopes for the Dolphins this year. 5-11 and 11 to 10-6 and six last year and missed the playoffs. I think it was the first team to miss the playoffs since the Patriots back in 2009 when Matt Castle led them on a 10-6 and six record. Um, Tua, people were kind of critical of him last year, but I think the, it was very much a game management situation last year. Now they're saying, from, if you read all the Dolphins beat writers and what we've seen out of training camp, it's more an offense geared towards him. It's a run-pass option, a heavy offense. Uh, they've got some great players on, on the, in terms of uh, wide receivers. Will Fuller has been brought in from the Texans, so he's glad to get out of Collins' new team, the Texans. But uh, Jalen Waddle, for me, he's going to be the rookie of the year wide receiver. Went sixth in the, in the draft. And then you've got players like De- uh, Parker, Kaczynski. Um, bit of a concern on, on the defensive line. You know, they brought in Jalen Phillips in the draft. You know, maybe fortunately for him, it might work out because he's come out of Miami College and he's gone straight into the Miami Dolphins. So the transition, staying in the area, that might help him. Then on the, in the secondary, very efficient. Javion Howard looked like he was going to get traded. Thankfully, he's going to stay. The other side, it's a bit of a risk. And uh, the... Uh, Quite brought in from the Cowboys last year. Byron Jones, he just didn't light it up and he's been paid a lot of money. But for me, the Dolphins, having gone 10-6 last year, have only improved the team. Flores, a couple of years ago, people were critical. It looked like they were kind of trying to make sure they had the first-round picks. And in the end, I think they had the fourth or fifth and two it was picked ahead of Herbert. But for me, the Dolphins are trending in the right direction and I believe they will be in the playoffs come January. Column, the Jets. Yeah, so this time I'm going to take you back to 1988, okay? I wasn't born. But- Stuttgart. <laughs> Ray Houghton. 1988, the Green Bay Packers, right? Who we now know as this juggernaut who wins all the time. All they had to do was lose one, one of their final two games, and they had the number one pick. And what were they going to do? They were going to take Troy Aikman, right? They were. That's what they were going to do in the 1989 draft. Happy days. What happened? Packers won those two games because you can't tank in the league. Uh, And as a result, they drafted an uh, offensive tackle. Now, as it happened, kind of worked out well for for them, given what was to follow um, in the the years ahead with Favre and Rodgers. But it's a sliding doors moment, okay? And that is what we had with the Jets last year. The Jets looked historically bad, like so bad. We were convinced that Trevor Lawrence was on his way um, to, to be Broadway Trevor. But that's not what happened. It is Broadway Zach. Um, the, the, I think the, even more than the Zach Wilson, right? Um, and look, the Jets, another team who you know, have gone through QB purgatory uh, and are every one who comes in has huge expectations. But the best thing that happened to your franchise, Adam Gase is no longer involved. <laughs> what a nightmare. I mean, my one concern about the Lions, you're saying that the press conference are interesting. From day one, do you remember the, the eyes? The, I mean, it was a nightmare from the off. So I think for, for the Jets, things can only get better. 
but to to lose uh, a, a really important piece in Lawson um, is a, is a hammer blow. Um, they've made some really good moves. They've got a really good co um, head coach, I think, in Robert Sala, and he's brought in um, a really interesting OC in uh, Mike Lafleur. I expect them to to be better than they were. They have to be better um, than they were. The debacle is over. Expect to see them run probably a similar sort of um, mini San Francisco type thing. I'm interested to see the tweaks. I really want to see what Wilson can do because he has an incredible arm. And I think, you know, they can get him get him moving. Um, it, look, they're, they're still, given the division that they're in, it's going to be tough. Um, but uh, I think there is a lot of hope on the horizon for the Jets. Yeah, and it's a very interesting division. Now, we actually, for anybody wondering how we split this up, we split it up into, uh, I think, eight teams each a few weeks ago. So I, for the last three weeks, have been preparing my Patriots uh, mantra, my, my Patriots preview. And then Bill had to go and release Cam Newton on Tuesday. So thank you very much for that, Bill. Really appreciate that. Don't get it. Don't understand why it happened. Even if you wanted to start Mac Jones, 100%. But why get rid of him? Doesn't make sense. This is a guy that literally, on his day, could run 45, 50 yards in one play. Doesn't happen for the Patriots. I know it doesn't fit their scheme. But even as a backup, even as experience, yeah. even if he, you know, God forbid, tested positive for COVID. I know he's not vaccinated, but have the experience. And I just, I just I don't personally get it. Mac Jones looked great in preseason. Justin Fields looked great in preseason. How did Ryan Leaf look in preseason? Because I wasn't, you know, I didn't watch it that year. Did he look good? Efficient. Efficient. Okay, grand. I hope Mac Jones plays well. He's not skinny. He's a bit like me. You know, he's not built that great. For that reason, I hope he plays well. I don't think he wins the division of the Patriots. I just don't get the strategy. You know, if he doesn't have a great season, where is Bill Belichick going to go with his team? Does he give him three or four years? Does he? Do you think he will? I don't think he will, personally. But look, other side of the ball, Dante Hightower coming back. He opted out last year. Cal Van Noy coming back in free agency. Matt, Matt Juden. I can't pronounce the guy. Uh, Raycon McMillan as well. Yeah. Gilmore's key. But he's out until like, what, week seven or so? He's on short-term IR, yeah. Yeah, so. it's week seven. Um, Jonathan Jones. But for Mac Jones, Hunter Henry now enters as part of the epitome of how good can this offense be? Who is going to replace Julian Edelman? It's a completely different team. It's like whenever uh, Ferguson left Man United and they brought all these boys in, I mean, ah, sure, it'll be grand. We'll finish top four. Did it happen? No, it didn't. So I remain convinced to be seeing if Mac Jones is the answer for this team. They can't rely on defense all season. They can't. And, but, you know, when you've got a coach like Bill Belichick, who is one of the greatest, probably the greatest coach of all time, uh, after Vince Lombardi, technically, or Vic Fangio after this year. Um, <laughs> oh, dear God. I just, I, I actually think, I, I think the Patriots will miss the playoffs again this year. Um, I, I really do. So I'm just going to leave it there because I don't want to annoy Mark. Mark, you've got we can come a team to that. that should probably that. challenge for the Super Bowl. No, they should, absolutely. Um, Damien Harris, all I'm going to say, Pats fans, don't worry, we haven't forgotten about him. He's going to do things. But the Bills 100% should challenge for the Super Bowl. Um, I was trying to think of an analogy. What Bills fans need this year is they need to be like gremlins. They need to get fed after midnight and just get a little bit nastier and get a little bit more ugly and get through those games. Because last season was an amazing season. Josh Allen, near MVP level, obviously came third, I think, in the voting. Fantastic season. They need to keep that, but they need to get away from the pretty stuff as well. Um, their defense showed softness last year, uh, which ultimately cost them. Their offensive line... 
kept Allen clean but didn't punch holes in the run game. And an awful lot, if we're talking about difficulties or holes, and it's difficult because it's a really, really talented roster and a really good team, but Devin Singletree needs to take a step up at running back and the running game for the Bills needs to take a major mm. step up. Defense, they are loaded. Probably probably the best safety duo on tandem in the league. They've got Tredavious White, who absolutely locks down one corner position. So if I'm looking for gaps, Levi Wallace, the ball is going to come to you if you're starting at the second cornerback position a hell of a lot this season in relation to him. But now we have a some weird scenario in Buffalo. Josh Allen is the veteran in this division. Josh Allen at 25 with a couple of seasons is the money man who's not only got his big contract, but he is regarded as the experienced quarterback for at least six games against these fellow division teams. Two rookies and two are who could basically be a rookie with only a few games last season. Um, at the wide receiver position and the weapons, he's still got uh, Gabriel Davis. He's still got the incomparable Stefan Diggs, who is up there at the top echelon of all wide receivers. But he has this grenade, shall we say, in Cole Beasley. And in terms of what could happen during the season with COVID, with the various ways in which the league rules are going to play out and everything, um, which could unfortunately lead to some derailing. They needed to improve on edge. They've done that with some clever draft picks. They've done that indeed with free agency. Our friend F.A. Oboda, who's also joined them and might provide some situational pass rush. They should walk this division. They should be in the AFC Championship game. And the Bills, if you play to your potential, you should, for the first time since 1991, be back in the Super Bowl. So we all got the Bills division? Anyway, not the Green? You think Dolphins? Maybe? Not Bills, yeah. Bills? I, I, think, I just think there's a big asterisk because of, I think the AFC vaccine is going to play a key role because mm. there are so many teams, Ravens, Titans, Bills, um, Colts. Titans are, are, but they still seem to have the outbreaks for whatever reason. It was the same last year. I think vaccination and COVID is going to play a big yeah. role in the AFC. Obviously, getting into the winter months as well. Who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully, everyone will be fine. Very quickly, and thank you for staying with us the whole time here. Let's look at very, very quickly, gentlemen, our wildcard picks, our championship picks. Who, who played each other in the championship and who is going to play each other in the Super Bowl and win the Lombardi Trophy? Let's go from this side. I'm just going to start with you, Mark, and we'll go, we'll go all the way over. So, go on. Uh, okay, so wild cards I've got in the NFC, I've got the Seahawks, Vikings, and Giants being my three wild cards. 49ers, Seahawks, and Giants. 49ers, Seahawks, and Falcons. 49ers, Cardinals, and Packers. <laughs> yep. Um, AFC, do you want to start off, Mark? Yeah, uh, AFC, it's actually very tough on the AFC, but I've got the Chargers, the Ravens, because the Browns went in the AFC South, and then the Pats. The Browns, I was the only one to pick the Ravens. So the Browns, I said high on the Dolphins, 10-6 and six last year, I believe they'll be in the playoffs, and the Raiders. I have the Chargers, unsurprisingly. Mm. I have the Patriots, because I think Mac Jones is going to be very good. And I think getting that defense back, I think he suits their system. I think you rip the Band-Aid off. I think there's nonsense talking about QB sitting. Justin Herbert showed. Justin Herbert had no preseason. Justin Herbert didn't play in a preseason mm. game this year. It's meaningless. Get out there, play. Mac Jones, the Patriots are going to be very dangerous, especially uh, in terms of with all the vaccine stuff. And a surprising one, Dolphins because I really think the Ravens are going to suffer. Lamar Jackson's had COVID twice and says he still won't get vaccinated. Right. Yeah, if, you're, if you've got it twice, what kind of situations are you putting <laughs> yourself in? 
that could be a real issue. I don't think the league is going to look favourably on it at all this year. But Chargers, Pats and Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, God forbid they play a game ahead of quarterback. That would be nuts, wouldn't it? Uh, I have the Chargers, the Ravens and the Steelers in my wild cards. Right, really quickly, gentlemen. Both both uh, title games, AFC Championship, NFC Championship. Mark, go ahead. I hate to say it because it's going to sound boring. Mm. But I can't personally see beyond uh, Bucks versus Packers and Bills versus Chiefs. Again, a complete repeat. I can see arguments for different things, but I see all those four teams being the class apart together. Who have you got winning it all then in the Super Bowl? I've got Tom Brady in the Bucks winning it all again. Ooh, Going first Jesus repeat man. since 03 and 04 when the quarterback was, let me remember, Tom Brady. But seriously, out of all of it, of course things can go wrong, but they're the class act and they can do it. You got Mark? Or sorry, Brad. NFC, I have the Packers at the Rams. And on the AFC side, despite the Lamar Jackson situation, despite J.K. Dobbins going, I still think they went too far off beating the Bills in that playoff game. I have the Ravens at the Chiefs, and my Super Bowl will be the Packers against the Chiefs, with the Chiefs getting the trophy back. And Rodgers to lose his last game in Green Bay. Ooh, Colin, what do you got? I have um, Rams Bucks on the NFC side. Uh, I just think the the other piece that Mark's talked about, the fact they brought back the starters, um, 100% vaccination, right? Look, when Tom Brady does something, follow what he does because he's usually right in doing it. The other thing is they brought back all of their coaching staff, all of their coordinators. That's huge. Yeah. Um, on the AFC side, I have Chiefs against the Browns, but in the Super Bowl, I think it's Bucks browns I think if, if they stay healthy, it should be the Chiefs. But it, we haven't seen the Chiefs deal with Tyreek Hill out for a long time or Travis Kelsey. If they were to lose one of those two, mm, that's why I, I think it's Bucks browns I think Tom Brady wins another ring. Uh, and you haven't mentioned another guy for the Chiefs that could get injured and would have a massive impact. Paddy Mahomes. Can I have, can I have the trophy, please, just for two seconds? Um, I have the Rams against the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I've got the Bills against the Titans in the AFC. We all, we all know from last year my infatuation with the Bills. They're not going to win it. Matthew Stafford is going to win the Super Bowl. A team is going to win it in their home city for the second year in a row. The, the Rams are going to beat the Bills to win the Super Bowl. That's my pick, gentlemen. I think Sam Monson will kill me for saying that because remember he said about <laughs> the, the whole situation. But that's my pick. Uh, lads, thanks a million for, uh, for joining us today in our secret bunker location in North Dublin. Uh, thanks a million to Matthew as well for the camera work. And that is us. We're back tomorrow night for our preview of the Rams. Not the Rams. Wow. The Bucks and the Cowboys in the NFL kickoff. We'll see you at nine o'clock. And thank you very much. Last season. Thank you. Cheers.